Well, welcome back to Open to Truth, a podcast all about exploring big ideas and discovering truth together. My name's Clint. Hi, I'm Tony. Welcome back. Uh, one thing just at the start I wanted to mention, uh, I really enjoy doing this. Do you? Like having the conversation. I feel like uh, that I learn while I do it. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think anyone would. I definitely did in that Bitcoin episode. In the act of trying to articulate your thoughts on the spot, um, you are learning a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It forces you to get it all straight. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like the pressure. I mean, it's not horrible. We could redo it if we needed to. But and we of, have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of coming up with a response on the spot and like developing that um, yeah. critical thinking. and Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I really like doing this with you too, man. Yeah, yeah. It's a blast. I look forward to these. And so I, I say that because I really feel like I'm gonna I'm going to do some learning on the spot, even more so in this episode. Really? Than, than others. You're anticipating some learning. Yeah. Okay. Because do I you don't think I have a lot to teach you. I do. Well, I always think that. Oh, thanks. But in particular, I just don't feel like I've had a version of this conversation. Yeah. Very often. Okay. And so just looking forward to the. So what are we talking about? We're gonna be talking about deconstruction we have used that word fairly regularly on this podcast to refer to the journey of faith um not necessarily away from conservatism but most people are coming from that perspective of i think our listeners rather uh grew up in a theologically maybe politically conservative household and there was some kind of event or a series of events, life stage, that brought on some challenges, some questions to where it started to some of the pieces that were very central or even or and more so maybe the peripheral ones started to make a little bit less sense. Yeah. Uh, rationally, you just had problems with the, the reasoning of it. And now are wondering what to do in that tension of yeah. I don't feel like my mind can endorse all of these things. What does that mean for my faith, my relationship with God, um, my faith community, maybe my parents, my key family members that were heavily involved uh, in training me up? Yeah. Um, So that that's what I mean. by Yeah, we don't mean taking down buildings and. Right. The metaphor of that is helpful. And just to like there's this whole uh, in case you try to Google it, you will likely run into uh, Jacques Derrida which is the father of deconstruction, the philosophical movement in philosophy of language. Uh, And it's, uh, it's barely intelligible. If you try to read the (laughs) Wikipedia article, I'll give you literally $50 if you can explain it to me (laughs) because I've read it it like five times and it makes no sense. Okay. Uh, So I don't even want to get into all that. That's not what we mean. And, and it's not original with me to use this word in this context. This has been used for a while now. Yeah. Uh, and I think the metaphor of deconstruction, uh, what, those, what that would mean literally, well, you can just imagine for a moment construction, mm-hmm. a construction site for a building. You are putting together in, with a crew a lot of times uh, different pieces to form a stable structure and then different pieces of art and beauty are added and aesthetics and you're creating a sound structure that you can live in or that you can do stuff in. Yeah. So that's construction. And so deconstruction would be basically doing that in reverse. You're starting to realize maybe 
that the structural supports aren't what they used to be. Um, You kind of want to move things around. So I'm going to start to take off some pieces. Those pieces are still lying around here. I didn't burn them. Yeah. This is not a deconstruction. I guess a version of it would be taking a wrecking ball. (laughs) Yeah. But those are the destruction. That is. That's destruction. (laughs) You know that no one wants that for anyone. That's really traumatic. And deconstruction can be too, but more subtle ways. Yeah. So I'm taking off pieces. They're scattered around now, and maybe you even do that for the whole house. Yeah. So the house is, you know, have you ever gone to a restaurant and you get some meal deconstructed? Oh, yeah, yeah. Deconstructed burrito. Or a burger. It's just all the elements, but not put together. Right. Got it, man. You just didn't want to put together the burger. Yeah. Okay. Um, (laughs) And I think, just crucially, too, what you're trying to do, I think, in that process is is reassemble in in new configurations in new ways that's why you're not just throwing out bricks because the mm-hmm. whole thing is precious to you in some way you want to preserve as many as you can and get them to fit but something about your experience in the world something about your life the the worldview you had constructed just no longer fits your experience there's a mismatch there there's a disconnect there and, and that needs to be solved so mm-hmm. you undergo this process I think the building analogy is a helpful one. I, was, I had, This hadn't occurred to me before, but just thinking about how if I would, my house, this house that we're mm-hmm. in, this protects me from the elements. It protects me from mm-hmm. almost almost the whole rest of the universe. I don't have to think about or consider when I'm in this house because I've got walls yeah. up. I know it. I know where things are in it. I know how, like, it res- behaves predictably most of the time. Um, as soon as I start to remove a wall, oh, it's or take off a roof, yeah. suddenly I am confront. My vulnerability is made evident. It's like, oh, I stand very helpless against the forces of nature without some protective shell around me. And I think something similar happens on a spiritual level and a psychological level when you're going through like a theological deconstruction. You are removing, or at least playing with the idea of taking out some supports that you have been standing Mm -hmm. on for decades maybe and you're wondering will i fall into the abyss whatever that happens to be it's a vulnerable thing to do and if if you audience will allow me i'm i'm just gonna dive headlong into this metaphor hopefully you can follow and you know yeah uh make the proper analogical (laughs) uh connections but one one difference between a construction crew building a house from the ground up and the house of beliefs and structures I find myself in now, one was very intentionally done with a schematic and blueprint. The other is we now get into the weeds of like childhood psychological development Yeah. because, and for both of us, like we grew up in the faith. Yeah. Um, so this might look a lot different for an adult convert that then goes through this process. But in some ways, uh, it's just all kind of getting slapped together along the way. You know, have you seen uh, Harry Potter? Do you remember Ron Weasley's house? Yeah. The Weasley family, that whole wonky looking house. That's all all, all these add ons. That's what I think. Like one day, that's how I would describe it. One day I kind of, the scales fell from my eyes and I realized, oh wait, I have a big Ron Weasley house of theology (laughs) and it's not bad. Like it. That's so good. We live in it, and there can be joy and family in there, and it's still standing. It's it's fine. Yeah. But like, man, why would 
why did we put that there? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Why Why is that jutting out it's over here? It's a little here? bit impractical. It could be made better, I think. Yeah, yeah. It could get more organized. Yeah, man. So that's yeah. what I feel like I am doing now. In a way, or do I want to say this? I don't, does it, well, let me ask you. Do you think that everyone goes through, is, deconstru- is everyone deconstructing to some degree or All not? All the time. Yeah. No, I think some people don't okay. think about it, any of it very much at all. But but I was thinking about this. I, I think that's maybe where you're going. Deconstruction for me, I realized, is something that had been happening in cycles since I was like 10 mm. or 11, where at least through like my teen years, I'm, I'm attempting to build this. I've been handed a lot of worldview tools and this is how you should think about this. This is how you should think about that. This wall goes here, d- 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 build this house, you'll be safe. Cool. Mm-hmm. Then you get into your teen years and you start to experience the world a bit for yourself. And um, at the time, my questions were much more narrow in focus. They were in internal to Christianity. So like, well, is it Armenianism or is it Calvinism? And how does how does God's providence work? And is there free will? And how does salvation work? And it's like, I'm starting to pull at the threads of the things that. Or make maybe up you are um, you are now doing interior <laughs> I'm design, adjusting the furniture. I'm moving the furniture yeah. around the room, trying to decide if I like the couch better or mm-hmm. the futon. The scaffolding better. was all relatively. Yes, it was all inside the house. I wasn't yeah. doing any landscaping. Certainly, this was all <laughs> yes, inside. Dude. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, and and I would do that for a time until I had it arranged in a way that satisfied whatever questions had been, you know announcing themselves in the back of my mind mm-hmm. and that set that had me good for a while and because it's a lot of work rearranging furniture or rearranging worldviews um i took a break from it for a while and I, that's good i'm good for a few years now or even if i may um you focused on different rooms of the house yeah yeah different uh aspects of one's theology sure. and world and some it's just i'm not gonna go in there i don't need to revisit that I, it's uh kind of solved that problem a while ago that or it's scary like that's gonna i just know that that's gonna be a tough room and it may lead to me having to redesign a lot of the house yeah i don't want to deal with what's behind that door Uh uh-huh yeah yeah that's definitely part of it too but i have found that whether it's curiosity or it's doubt or it's honestly i think it's probably the holy spirit or something but they are relentless those little questions for me they will come knocking at some mm-hmm. point. The The door that has been left unopened, the question that I haven't allowed myself to fully explore will come knocking at some point. So I would go through several years where it's like I've pretty much buttoned things down and then something starts to announce itself. And like, mm-hmm. ah, it's, you know what? It's time for uh, some redecorating in here, you know? Yeah. And, and sometimes just like in a room like this, you have to make a huge mess before you get it more organized. It's like, do you ever tried to organize a closet? You get all your clothes out of the closet and put them on the bed in a huge pile and try to get organized that way. Things look worse before they look better. Um, or back to that construction analogy, you, you just keep taking off bricks. You're like, uh, I need to take off a few more before I can build this way. You know? Yeah. yeah. Or even, um, again, forgive me if it's too much of the metaphor. Oh, but I love it. Let's see how far we can push y- it. You know, to make that Ron Weasley wonky house mm-hmm. into one that's respectable more or just... Looks yeah, a little bit more normal. More ordered. 
um, you might have to like take down some sh- big old structural beams. Yeah. That are like the big boys holding up a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or maybe pieces that used to be structural beams. You're like, oh, I don't need to use it for that anymore. Yeah. It can be more of an accent piece or more decoration and i could take it or leave it but he doesn't need to be the one holding up everything anymore that's good dude um and some deconstruction journeys you go down to the foundation yeah dude i felt like i've been sitting there on an empty cement block you know just Mm -hmm. exposed to the elements like i'm right down to nothing here well and really i mean we're recapitulating or uh playing out again the Cartesian project. So mm-hmm. some listeners might know Rene Descartes, um, famous, uh, you know, modern philosopher in the modern era. And, uh, he was famous for the phrase, uh, I think therefore I am. And his whole project was, he started to realize like, man, I think a lot of mistaken things and I'm starting to realize I don't know as much as I thought I did. And I have a bunch of false beliefs. Let me just put all, if I can, I'm going to try I'm going to put all of that aside and what can I know with absolute certainty and build up from there? What's the bedrock? What's the epistemological Mm -hmm. bedrock? The skeptical project. I will, (laughs) I will have relentless doubt until I can know something for sure. And I cannot be doubted built. And he's, and so he came up with the, um, do I even exist? Like he was starting to question like, Oh my gosh. Well, I'm thinking so whether or not like, um, there's some like evil demon or e- evil genius poking at a brain in a vat to cause it to think like it's a thinking thing. Yeah. So I can know at least for sure <laughs> that I'm a thinking thing. Yeah. Um, and what can I build from there? So maybe and and now maybe we don't have to go all to radical external world skepticism, but at least in the theological world, what is that bedrock foundation now for? Yep. For your theology. And I think where that's useful, that's a useful and interesting project to ask yourself the question, what what in my faith is most essential, most precious to me, most dear? What's the very last thing I would want to give up? And why is it? Mm-hmm. What, what problem is that solving for you in the world or in your life? And, and that is just useful to think about, you know, back to the conversation we've had in previous podcasts of what what are you searching for existentially? Why are you requ- inquiring religiously at all? Mm-hmm. Why are you engaging in the religious project? What are you hoping to solve? And I think, I mean, I, I think you've done something good with the three that you've come up with mm-hmm. of the, the problems facing us as human beings are uh, moral failing, suffering that could be pointless or seems pointless, and death, permanent death personal death mm-hmm. seems like uh those seems like seem like problems that genuine predicaments it'd be great I'm if we could get rescued from that so if you can take yourself on that journey and figure out what is it i'm actually looking for then you can start to look back at some of the structures you've had in place and be like well that that actually really doesn't meet my existential need at all that mm-hmm. is peripheral i thought it was essential but that's actually peripheral to what i really deeply care about um can just reframe reframe things yeah uh so one let's give some examples uh god's omnipresence that god is i mean that i had just kind of endorsed that all the way through didn't really 
and I still don't necessarily have a huge problem with it, but I would have reported earlier on that like, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. God's omnipresent. No doubt. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Sure. It's not one of the main structural support beams. Yeah. I mean, again, depending on what we mean by the term and I'm sure I could be convinced it's more important than it is. Yeah. Depending on what you build into it. But, uh, that's not one of the main things keeping my whole house up now. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, for you, like what's a, that things that used to be very central that mm-hmm. no longer are. Well, or maybe another way of putting it. Um, yeah, there's a lot of ways to take the metaphor. Uh, I just had way more structural pieces than I do now. Than I actually needed. I have a more like a open floor plan where there's <laughs> main support beams around the outside. Yeah. Uh, but before it was more like just a, just this castle of corridors and all these different things are super important to keep the whole thing together. So yeah, it's a much more open plan yeah, at this yeah. stage. <laughs> that's less rooms. That's just like, it's a simpler structure. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good question, man. Some of it is probably the, maybe some of the pressing for literal accuracy, some of the, Bible stories and that sort of thing mm. that for a long time was like, yes, that's absolutely exactly how it went down. And there's just more room now, I think, in my worldview to think about it differently or for it still to be valuable spiritually, even if that's not historically how it went down or something like that. Mm-hmm. That no longer throws my whole worldview into chaos to to consider that something might be a, a fable or a parable or a, you know, or or. I don't want to say embellish, but like the story details might have been changed or something to make yeah. a certain point. One or here's one for me. Like I, I think I would have said in college. So this is like 12 years ago, 11 years ago. I think I would have said it's, it's extremely important to my faith that Adam and Eve were real mm. uh, people, you yeah. know, rather than <laughs> characters in a myth. That's still an important great story to look at yeah but the fact that they had to be real people that lived out lives yeah and had like these two kids like a few kids Cain and Abel and that's a good one um, yeah like that should that would have been um I wouldn't have placed it like right next to like Jesus is God or something uh-huh. but it was like it was in the category of like oh non-negotiable staple yeah uh, the house, the house can't do without this one. Yeah. It, or I would, I would have made the assumption that like the whole house will fall. It'll be like a domino effect. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's right. So if I give up on a historical Adam and Eve, I give up on historical Jesus, and then what's it all for? I don't. Yeah. I don't know what was going on. I just don't view that. That doesn't follow logically. So I don't know what happened there. Well, I think again, just that series we did on the bible might be helpful seeing mm-hmm. seeing that these are a collection of unique documents and not just one big long document you know that that helps so i've liked what you've said in the past about the jenga tower oh yeah analogy that was a useful analogy that worked out all yeah. right yeah we um i was preaching a series at church a few years ago called disagreeing agreeably where i likened out the building of our worldview to being like a Jenga tower that, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got bricks stacked precariously on top of bricks and 
and just that you want to have the most central things at the bottom of the tower. Those things that you're going to, you really don't think you're going to have to change those. You're pretty sure about them. Put those at the bottom of your tower. Right. And then towards the top of your tower are all the things that are constantly being readjusted, reevaluated, and moved around, shifted into new positions. Mm -hmm. There are some bricks that if you take them out from the bottom row, everything above it has to go as well. Like you can yeah. just demolish that tower and have to start over. Right. I like that idea of um, just the uh, logical necessity of it. That like yeah. if I do give up on this I, rationally, I I must. I have to give every all of that other all stuff these up. other things too. Yeah. And I like the kind of metaphorical thing of like. You know, when you play Jenga and you yeah. kind of tap on a brick, you kind of test it out <laughs> yeah, yeah. to see if it's wiggly enough. How much and, is this holding And then up? you discover it just comes right out like, oh, man, I could have done that this five holding, turns ago. Why was I so anxious about that brick? Yep, yep. Or you think there's a, a gimme yep. and you touch it and you're like, ooh, that whole tower just Actually, shook. What's going on? There's a that's connected to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I've found that throughout this process of have different you? little. Some things that you thought, man, I actually can get rid of that and not much changes for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's so one example, and again, it would depend on, this could be different for different people depending on when in the process they discovered it. Yeah. So uh, like maybe halfway through, not that I'm done or something, but um, the story of Jonah and like being, oh. whether he was swallowed by the whale. Yeah. Like I came to, a, I had been wrestling with a bunch of stuff. I came to that and I'm like, oh, well, okay, fine. It doesn't. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't change anything to me at all. Like. Yeah, this could be a genre of literature, kind of like an Aesop fable. Yeah, that's telling a really important spiritual story. Yeah, uh, but I don't need to then like if I read the Fox and the Grapes from Aesop fable, why would I think? Yeah, there's where's the fox now? Yeah, what dude? Exactly. What are you talking about? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Is are there any that are the inverse of that? Something that you thought wasn't as connected as it turned out to be? I know I'm putting you on the spot to think of that. Yeah. Turned out to actually be connected to a, or have a lot of implications. Yeah, I'm wrestling with one right now. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I can be this vulnerable, but okay. uh, come what may, I suppose. Really, um, you're gonna do it? Well, one I've been really wrestling with is the virgin birth. Um, oh sure. And I guess the virginity of Mary, and I think the longer I went in the process, I was um, not hoping, but thinking that if I tapped on that Jenga brick. I could take it out and it wouldn't affect too much, but I've found that's not the case. It's a deal breaker. Um, no, but it's just it's just tied to a lot of different things. I'd have to do a lot of work to figure out how to right. make that all stand still. Right. Okay. Uh, so I don't feel like I can give up on that, even in the face. I'm feeling though the tension of uh, that's crazy that you think that. Yeah. That's like that's pretty weird that you think. That God like impregnated a person and like it's just strange. Why do you think that? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm bumping up against that. I'm like, oh, is there a way like have any like really godly smart people interpreted this differently? Or mm. like is this is this just part of the, the package part deal? The package. So uh, that's one. Yeah. Okay. If I can just be vulnerable good about for you. that one. Way yeah. to be honest. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Okay. It could be a lonely lonely uh journey though, the deconstruction stuff. Mm -hmm. It's hard to know, uh, maybe related to what I was just experiencing in that moment, um, is knowing who you can trust. Yeah. I trust you, but I don't know. There's a lot of people on the other side <laughs> of the camera. we don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of you, and I don't know where you're all coming from. Um, I know for a fact that people have watched this for the purpose of trying to 
um, find get me in trouble evidence on why you're a heathen. Yeah, yeah. So, so they're probably not going to don't like want to give them more fodder than what they can <laughs> dig up on their own. You're right. Uh, it's yeah, it's but yeah, it's hard to know who you can trust to bring into this process with you and and go through it together because you might be met with, um, yeah, severe lack of grace or uh-huh. uh, patience. Back to the earlier, <laughs> yeah, the previous episode. I was at a. This ha- it's funny. This has happened to me at seminary. So seminary is one of the things that was a catalyst for me, mm-hmm. sort of diving headlong back into some of this deconstruction because you were presented with points of view from the entire spectrum of Christendom and you've got students there as well from all across the spectrum. So you just you are confronted with way more opinions about things than mm-hmm. you had been. Um, <clears throat> and one of the things I was wrestling with at the time was struggling to come up with good reasons to think that anything Paul wrote should fall in the category of authoritative. Mm. And, and I was at seminary and we did these like focus groups where we focus groups. Yeah. Like cohorts. We were in groups and someone had to facilitate while they present a case study, a situation in ministry they're struggling with. And we all pour into advice or whatever for that for 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. You spend the week doing this one person at a time. And I was the facilitator for our group, which I was glad to be because it meant I could go last because I didn't want them to all know that I was having Bible questions when I had been offering quite biblical sounding advice all week, you know, to everybody else's (laughs) problems. So I had a week of them like building rapport and building trust with me. And it really blindsided them when I then, here's my case study is I'm wrestling with this issue theologically. And they're like, boy, well, you really dropped a bombshell on us there (laughs) saying you're having trouble with the authority of the epistles or whatever. Um, And even in that moment, I felt that pang of, oh, the way they looked at, the way they look at me, just changed just like that like Mm -hmm. i went from being somebody who was in and actually admired by them to now oh he's not one of us at all um you felt you felt i felt that yeah within moments and not that they condemned me or told me to get they were pretty caring but i could see and sense the shift in how they Mm -hmm. responded to me which just that sucks to feel like you are a sincere and earnest seeker of the truth lover of god you want to get it right you want to think clearly And you're just honestly wrestling with some of these questions you can't come up with good answers to. And you're asking them for help. What answers do you have? Can you help me with this? And you're met with a sort of a, no, he's not one of us anymore. That's really painful to experience. Mm -hmm. So it's at least my hope that this podcast and other podcasts like it can function as communities where that doesn't happen. Or the, uh, well, don't, don't go there. Oh yeah. Like you've, you've broken a rule. You've cheated or something. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that is totally. I don't think I'll. I don't know if I'll ever go back to saying off limits. Yeah, something's off limits. I just don't. I can't see that for myself. Maybe, but yeah. Um. Yeah. hmm. Yeah, there's been a lot. I don't feel like I've arrived, but I do feel like there are respites. Like there's um. Like if you're climbing a mountain, there's little shelves where you can like stay and yeah, rest yeah. for a bit where there's base camp. And then, yeah, yeah. 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 I feel like my, the house of my worldview is not in complete shambles at the moment. I've got, I've got a somewhat of a shelter up. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like it's going to hold for a while. I'm not done working on it. I never probably will be, but 
it's a lot more basic and simple than it used to be and mm-hmm. it's getting me through well maybe uh just to wrap up to bring the metaphor full circle yeah there's the deconstruction which was um taking off pieces and and maybe i i maybe i grab it and put it back on at some point pieces are still there i didn't burn them all up mm-hmm. and that that is the act of reconstruction which yeah. i'm hoping uh we all get to do and i think and i think it's here where uh just i like the word worldview and that you used it i think everyone does have that and so there is some kind of scaffolding structure that you're using to weather the elements of life and to make sense of the world around you mm-hmm. um so everyone i think has constructed something in their childhood or people have helped them construct it and then you encounter challenge and you wonder should those pieces remain and people go into that that more some people take off more pieces than others and then there's this reconstruction how much of it am i going to keep and what do i want to build it into and i think it makes sense to want to have one of the main reasons to pick up a piece and put it back on to be is it true yes you know right. i want it to be you want it to be made of true pieces truth guide you, yeah. you want truth to guide the process and the big question is uh how to discover it yeah uh and to be open to it let's yeah. say wow yeah. wow, wow. low hanging fruit <laughs> uh so yeah i i guess um i'm in and will continue to be in this project of deconstruction i'll probably encounter other things that i need to unbuckle from the wall tweak and then wonder, am I going to put it back on or a new piece? Yeah. And I've, I, I wish and I hope and I, there are places within the body of Christ, the church, where that can be done safely. I know that's kind of an yeah. annoying, wimpy <laughs> word. But um, yeah, but without that severe judgment or ostracism. Ostracism? Ostracizing. Ostracism? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh yeah, you're saying that there are churches out there where you can find people who will love you and walk with you through it. Mm-hmm. It's not all, it's not all judgment, right? And get out of here as you heretic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I hope you can find a community like that. If you don't, have yeah, one. and I hope this can be. I know yeah. we're not like physically in person, but that's why we stress at the beginning of most episodes to like write into the show. Yeah, yeah. Love to interact with you. Uh, if you want, you can kind of just peek in on like some of these episodes like the comment section, I, I'd like to think, I don't mean to be tooting my own horn, but I'm, I feel like I'm pretty respectful interlocutor in the comments and will genuinely entertain basically anything you have to comment, think, unless it's smut. You are exceedingly gracious. In <laughs> I delete smut. But, smut does not survive. But even some guy left a crazy comment about <laughs> like how you can make all this money through Bitcoin if you just talk to this one <laughs> email address. So I was like, okay, fine. You, I just posted caveat emptor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, but, uh, yeah, I want there to be freedom of speech, expression. Yeah. And, uh, so we'd love to hear from you. If you want to write into the show, if you've got something to add, a story to tell, or uh, a useful metaphor to add to the deconstruction journey. Let us know what questions you're wrestling with currently on the journey. Where are you at? Uh, we'd love to interact with that. You can reach us, open a truth, mm-hmm. or you can mailbag at openatruth.com. Yep. Or leave a comment on the video, of course. And uh, yeah, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll yep. see you next time. See you next time. Stay curious. Well, you said it that time. Okay, <laughs> see you guys.